Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. When we talk about men and abortion, we talk about men who, in, in general, are not validated for any pain they're going through that's been traumatic, except possibly war veterans. Hmm. Now, there's a reason for that, because war veterans people that are in the war are perceived as protectors of women, not not, not people that provide trauma. They're, they're protectors. Pastor Paul's guest today is an expert in his field of trauma and trauma therapy. Therapist Greg Hasek joins Paul from Florida talking about a wide range of topics relating to trauma and the church. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. And all we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome to Life Support. It's great to have you along. What we do on this program, it might be different than others you listen to. We talk about really difficult issues. We talk about trauma. We talk about suffering. Because we believe that it's in those dark places of life that Jesus really shines through, and he is there. And we want to direct you to him. We want to give you resources to help you. And uh, in order to do that in this program, uh, we're super happy to have Greg Hasek here, who is a licensed mental health counselor. And um, we've got some fascinating stuff to talk about. So, Greg, thanks so much for being here. Great to be here, Steve. It's great to have you. Um, We were talking before that... um, you, uh, one of your specialties is dealing with men around the abortion issue. Um, the abortion issue is a really, really difficult one, obviously. Um, as a pastor, I many times don't know how to address this because I'm very well aware that there are people sitting out there that are in pain, uh, that have been through an experience. And so, um, Many pastors were criticized for not holding a celebration party when Roe versus Way was overturned. But I, for one, felt like, wow, there's going to be people out there that are going to re-experience their trauma if I do too much with this. But I want to talk about the men specifically, because we tend to pass right over them. Can you tell me a little bit about um, how many men, what do they experience and what kind of trauma did they experience when they're involved with an abortion experience? Yeah, a really good question. First, I want to say that men's trauma in general, whether in the church or out of the church, is oftentimes invalidated. Whatever trauma they go through, whatever trauma they go through, one-third of males by the age, or one-fifth of males by the age of 18 are sexually abused, there's a high rate of physical abuse in, in males as children. Uh, about one-fourth of females by the age of 45 had experienced abortion. There's a male with every female that has had an abortion. You know, But the unfortunate part is that men are often perceived as perpetrators of females' trauma, again, even in the church, and not victims of trauma and that's very critical to see the distinct difference there okay perpetrators of female trauma whether that's an abortion whether that's an abuse very rarely looked at as victims and and our culture 
kind of almost conditions our, our society to perceive men in that way, whether it's media, television, you know, pornography. Um, so when we talk about men in abortion, we talk about men who in, in general are not validated for any pain they're going through that's been traumatic, except possibly war veterans. Mm. Now, there's a reason for that. Because war veterans, people that are in the war, are perceived as protectors of women, not, not, not people that provide trauma. They're, they're protectors. The other men in, are perceived, perceived as perpetrators. Now, that being said, it makes it very difficult for a male that has experienced abortion to seek help because there's nowhere in culture and there's nowhere usually in church that says your pain is real. You deserve to get help for your pain and the loss of your child due to the abortion decision is real. And we want to help you. Men don't have any place to go. They really don't. Now, since the 1970s, since 1973, the crisis pregnancy but men were oftentimes left out of the equation. Now that's changed quite a bit. And I've been doing this work since 2004 and that's been one of the great things that's changed. Okay. But rarely will you get a man seek help for it. Now in my area of specialty, I specialize in those two areas of abortion and sex addiction. I'm able to work with the men that come into my office for the presenting problem of sex addiction, about one third of my males that have sex addiction have an abortion in their past. So what we know is happening is men, because of this trauma of abortion, are not dealing with it. They're medicating their pain through an addictive behavior. And unfortunately, because of that addictive behavior, they're perceived again as perpetrators of females' trauma. So it's a terrible cycle. And, and for the church to address the issue of abortion in general, even for females, it's very difficult, as you were saying. If we bring it up, is it going to cause more trauma? So again, we're talking one, four, one out of four women by the age of 45. So might as well say one out of four men. You look out at your congregation, every fourth person has had an abortion in their past. How are we helping those people? Now, what has to happen, and we learn this in the whole pornographic issue in the church, and the whole purity kind of issue in the church. The, in order for it to be a safe place, the culture of the church has to change around that issue. So it's not from a place of shame, but a place of grace. That means what's talked about from the pulpit has to change and the culture has to change to where people that have had these experiences, men especially, can come forward and say, I'm not the only one and I'm, I'm not going to be shamed, but I'm going to receive grace. And, and how we create a grace culture in the church for women and men about this issue it's very hard to do because the church seems so ill-equipped to do that. And, um, you know, we, we all talk about being pro-life, but 
I don't know if we talk enough about being pro the people that have been through the experience in life. Um, what are we going to do to help them? It, it's almost like a policy and then actual loving people through the love that Jesus has given us. Two, almost two different things, it seems like to me. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I, I guess one of the questions can be, what are the barriers? What are the barriers? And, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was standing out in front of a large church in Portland, Oregon, when I lived out there. I They were going to have a men's conference. 500 men were going to be at that conference. And I speak on men and abortion. And I said, let me come speak to your guys at the conference. You guys got 500 guys coming. The response, I'm sending out the parking lot of this church. He says, we, well, we don't have that issue as much out here in uh, suburbia. The second thing he did, of course, you know, I smiled and said, yeah, yeah, right. The second thing he said was, you know what, Greg, we're building this brand new church, we, you know, we, million dollar expansion. I, and I said, listen, say no more. What you're basically telling me is you're concerned that if you address the issue, it could split the congregation and the, and the, and the offering might go down. I hate to say it, but these things happen. That churches churches are scared to address hard issues in case they offend people in the church. And it's going to affect many different things, not just the offering, but people might leave. You know? And, and, and it's such a political issue. It's, per, it's perceived as, okay, now you're talking about politics from the pulpit. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm actually talking about that the pain of people in my congregation that are suffering because they lost children. Think about this. Men are wired to provide and protect. Their whole nature is to protect their, their partner or their spouse and protect their child and provide for their child. Okay. When an abortion happens, that's cut from a man. The very per personhood, he, he wasn't able to protect his partner from the abortion. He wasn't able to protect his child from, from losing that child. That cuts so deep in a man's nature that he has nowhere to go to, to try to heal from that. Because he's not hearing it from anywhere in the Christian community because nobody's talking about it. And so every Sunday he goes and sits in the, in the pew, right? He's struggling with alcoholism. He's struggling with anger. He's struggling with addiction and divorce. But nobody's talking about the abortion that's at the root of his issues because he has nowhere to go. And so I think, I think it's, it's, it's just another trauma, Steve, in the church that's one that's not addressed. Yeah. Um, how... What counsel would you give uh, church leaders to try to develop a culture that can embrace this kind of trauma? You know, again, I was specialized in sex addiction at the same time. There was a pastor out there that started addressing um, sex addiction in the church. And he had struggled with sex addiction himself years ago and alcoholism. And he started preaching that from the sermon, from the pulpit. Here's what I struggled with. Here's what my issues were. I want to start, I want to change the culture of this church. Within months, hundreds of men were coming forward 
to support groups for recovery from sex addiction. It took that one pastor that said, you know what, I struggle too. And and you know what, I want to change the culture of this church where men can come forward in this church and say, you know what, I'm struggling with porn, I'm struggling with this, you know, but it took, it took the top down, it took that one person. And, And when we talk about abortion, it's the same thing, it takes that one person or that one pastor or that one leader to step out and say, how do we change the culture? Well, the first thing is we start to talk about it. We start to talk about it as it's not a shameful issue. Because, because you know, I'll even go back to the Garden of Eden. If, if, if there's shame, you hide, right? Adam hid from God, right? He was like, you know, where are you, Adam? Well, you know, I have abortion that are hiding. Because they're so scared that if they even say a word about what they did, what's going to be happening? But if you change the culture and say, you know what? If you get pregnant, you are welcome here. If you have an abortion, you are welcome here. We are a church of grace and healing. Where do we start? And I think that's the, that's the starting point. Pastor Paul is joined today by therapist Greg Hasick. If you'd like to see the video version of today's program, log on to youtube.com slash life support channel. That's youtube.com slash life support channel. And now back to Pastor Paul. Within months, hundreds of men were coming forward to support groups for recovery from sex addiction. It took that one pastor that said, you know what, I struggle too. And and you know what, I want to change the culture of this church where men can come forward in this church and say, you know what, I'm struggling with porn, I'm struggling with this, you know, but it took, it took the top down, it took that one person. And, And when we talk about abortion, it's the same thing, it takes that one person or that one pastor or that one leader to step out and say, how do we change the culture? Well, the first thing is we start to talk about it. We start to talk about it as it's not a shameful issue. Because, because you know, I'll even go back to the Garden of Eden. If, if, if there's shame, you hide, right? Adam hid from God, right? He was like, you know, where are you, Adam? Well, you know, I mean, I abortion that are hiding because They're so scared that if they even say a word about what they did, what's going to be happening? But if you change the culture and say, you know what, if you get pregnant, you are welcome here. If you have an abortion, you are welcome here. We are a church of grace and healing. Where do we start? And I think that's that's the starting point. That's really good advice. You have to be vulnerable yourself. And I always struggle with how much is too much. I struggle with, I've told people my story before, they're tired of hearing it, but I'm going to guess that I probably don't talk about it enough. It just seems like I'm talking about it all the time because I have to live with myself. But the more I talk about um, struggling in certain areas, the more people seem free to talk to me about it. And um, I, I think that's that's really good advice. The, the church you mentioned before um, that, hey, 
we don't really want you to speak because we have this thing going on. I'm not even really sure that's a church. Um, Jesus, yeah, well, I understand. Um, Welcome to probably everywhere, but I I lived out in the Northwest too, so I'm with you. Um, Jesus, Jesus was the greatest grace giver ever. The disciples didn't even like the way he gave grace. The the disciples were angry with him for giving grace. We got to hurry up. We can't talk to these people. What are you doing with that woman? And Jesus did it anyway. So maybe there's an element of courage here. You think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting. In in the last segment, I talked about the right brain, and I want you to think about this script, this this scripture from the Bible, and see. You might see it differently this time. Okay, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal those people that were traumatized in their right brain. So the heart that Jesus talks about in the Bible is the right brain where your trauma is stored. So Jesus came to heal those people traumatized in their right brain and set them free from their trauma. Now that sounds compassionate. That sounds grace giving. That sounds healing, you know, because like I said, the very thing that we don't want to do, we do. That the example of David in the Bible and adultery, these are all right brain issues. They were trying to serve God, but their right brain had trauma in it. David probably had PTSD. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and, and this is a perfect example to say, what can the church do differently? If Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, Jesus came to heal the people that have trauma, how can we be Christ-like? Not just put on a great music event on Sunday. That's not Christ. That's not Christ's journey of, you know, helping people heal. Yeah, it seems that there needs to be a full-out effort by unified leadership that we are going to change the culture of this church. The board has to ha- have that in their hearts. The the lead pastor, the the other staff members have to be unified because. That's not a comfortable decision to make, you know, and um, that's why churches don't do it, because that that rocks people's world. Yeah, if you don't talk about it, then people don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, then, you you know, there, there's no, like, open door. Like, just, just you getting up and talking about your trauma in front of the church. Man, that opens doors. That opens, you know, when they come up to you and say, you know what, here's what happened in my life. Here's what happened with my son. Here's what happened with my wife. You know, like you open the door for people. But like if we had more pastors that because, you know, listen, I've had an abortion, too. Or, or, you know what? I used to struggle with porn. And I, I want this to be a church where we don't judge. And, and you know what? How many pastors do you know if they ever said, you know what? I've struggled with porn. I'm going to get shot down and they might, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we have grace for you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, you're supposed to be above reproach. Right. You're not, you're not supposed to have any trauma in your life. (laughs) It's, it's really, yeah. I mean, you're speaking, you're speaking to my heart and um, it's almost as if churches, many churches have become a country club. So it'd be like walking into your local golf club and walking into the dining room and saying, oh, I have trauma. There's no grace there because they're not set up to have grace. 
because that's not why the people are there. They're there to cons- they're, they're there to be consumers, and then they're going to lunch, and then the Vikings play, and then it's all gone till next week. So there there has to be a fundamental change in how we even view church and what ecclesiology is and what is exactly church and what is our responsibility in the body of Christ, it seems to me. I totally agree with you. Like I said earlier, if you don't remember a sermon past Monday morning, what are we doing? Now, really, what are we doing? If, if, if the church body isn't learning how to help each other heal and they just get out and they go to the Vikings game, then, yeah, it's a consumer mentality. Hey, great, great sermon, Pastor. Like, no, I'm not going to remember it Monday morning when I'm struggling with porn mm-hmm. or I'm arguing. <laughs> like, no, but I will remember if we do church different. Yeah, that's right. And I, I tell you what compliment I don't like. Wonderful sermon. You know, people will come up to me after uh, church and they will say, Pastor, that was a a wonderful sermon, Pastor. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is, Pastor, you touched something in me today. I really want to pursue that. I, I, I want to pray about that. I don't want to give a wonderful sermon. I, I, I want to touch somebody's heart. And the church is, well, we can change. We can, we can do this. There are, there are people that want to change, and it starts with each of us. And so I'm not trying to be too hard on our, our churches because the local church is beautiful. It's the bride of Christ. We love it, and that's why we want this. Um, so just one more question. We got just a minute or two here, Greg. Um, if a man's listening right now and he has been involved with an abortion, what does he do? If he's kept it inside all this time. Yeah, first I would say if a man's listening now has been involved with abortion, I want to validate your pain because our culture does not validate your pain. There's nowhere in culture that says you deserve to hurt. It's a woman's issue. You should you shouldn't even have pain. So first I want to validate your pain. Your pain's real. Second is I want to apologize that the church or or anybody hasn't really like been there for you. It's sad that men have to suffer in silence like you. Um, third, it's a strength. Even though culture says it's weakness for guys, sometimes it's a strength. And I would say, step out, contact someone that that help that works in the field of abortion healing. Um, I have a lot of network, and I you know, I'd be willing to help you and just contact me through email. Um, and, you know, there, there are recovery groups that are out there for men and women that at crisis pregnancy centers locally. And oftentimes there's there's a few here and there in the church. Um, but 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 really don't keep it inside, because if it's if it's something that you have never dealt with, it's going to manifest in other ways, whether it's addictions, anger, depression, anxiety, inability to attach to your children or your wife it will manifest itself in negative ways until you deal with that loss. Cause that loss was real for you. You lost a child that you could have had. You could have had a child that you did things with and brought up and played games with and shared life with. And that's a big loss for a male. And, and, and I would just say um, your loss is real and, and really kind of look at it as a, as a strength to be able to try to seek some help for that. 
That's good. Um, Greg, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, again, I'm at Southwest Florida Christian Counseling in Florida. Our website is www. And then our telephone here is 239-301-4464. Again, my my name is Greg Hassan. Greg, you're doing some really important work. Uh, keep, Keep up the good fight. And thank you for sharing some of it with us today. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about making church safe, and and everyone has this view of the Apostle Paul as being kind of this really, you know, tough guy. And but I read in First Thessalonians two seven, and he says this: "But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children." And you kind of read that, and you go, "Paul, is that is that really you?" But if you read enough Pauline letters, you'll see that there's a tremendous shepherd's heart there. And when we're talking about creating a safe place to hurt and to work through trauma and to just be who you are, um, this is the kind of attitude that we need to take on. And remember that the reason Jesus came is to redeem us and free us. And we are part of that mission. And that's why we are here. And so two things. Number one, if you're hurting, um, there is help for you, as Greg has outlined. Number two, if you are involved with a local church, maybe pray before you go on Sunday and say, Lord, who can I reach out to? Who can I help? Who can I notice that might be struggling? Because Paul did it like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. I love that verse. I want to thank our partners for being a part of our show. Thank you to Faith Radio at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video portion of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. You can also check us out here at Ridgewood Church at MyRWC.org. Thank you so much for listening to Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.